Here's a guy who rises up late in the day. Scott Spritzer, what's going on, my friend? Rise and yeah, shine. Yeah, you know, I, I rise from darkness, too, but I, I you know... I, I think if I was him, I'd go to the Jets. That's where I'd be headed if I was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, jeez. I mean, God, do we care? I mean, this enough already. He could have stayed locked away for two weeks, but I don't think he could handle it. You know, I think that you know we we did a a big deep dive into this in hour number one. This place looks pretty cushy. You know where he was at and everything. I had no guarantee that uh, the lights were off. I think he was just you know getting a little R and R, a little party. I mean, Trevor, yeah. Trevor, Trevor Mann said he thinks that he had the, the disco mirror ball going and he snuck his phone in. And he's watching Saturday Night Fever in there. That's what we think was happening. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It didn't exactly look like he was on some, you know, some trip, uh, you know, overseas somewhere, <laughs> right? finding himself yeah. and, you know, uh, be, 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 being enlightened, you know, with the eight stages of enlightenment or anything like that. You know, so I, I kind of question what this whole, you know, disappearing into darkness is. But, uh, Boy, if I'm an NFL team, I mean, obviously he's got incredible skills, but he hasn't won anything in a decade, and he's had some pretty good teams to, you know, that he's been around that has had chances to win uh, a lot, and he hasn't, you know, as far as deep into the postseason, Super Bowl championships, anything like that. I don't know, man. If it's like, I, I think the Jets are a great place for anybody, any quarterback to land right now. If it's up to them, and I keep looking at the Jets and I'm seeing who they're you know, potentially going to be able to sign. And I'm like, you got Aaron Rodgers, who's just kind of out there. And then you got Derek Carr. And I thought, Marco, when we were down there on Friday at Westgate, we were talking about Derek Carr going there. And even though I think it's a great spot if you're Derek Carr looking for a a place to go, I'm not so sure he'd be able to handle the scrutiny of the New York media. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, you got a couple of quarterbacks out there, and Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, who have been starters in the league for many years. But do you really want either one? You know, you got one, you got to question what he, what's going on between his ears half the time in Rodgers, and one that you're not sure can take the punishment of the uh, of the media. I agree with you. And then, you know, let's throw Lamar Jackson in there as well, too. I'm not sure, you know, if I'm a general manager or coach, I'm not sure I want Lamar Jackson uh, to deal with him as well, too. And, you know, sounds more and more like, okay, he might not be back with the Ravens. But you got those three guys, and I think that there are question marks with all three. I don't know. Maybe Derek Carr needs, you know, a a change of location. I'm not sure the Jets is is really desirable. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, stay in the AFC and you know go there. At least you've got a defense. I mean, Derek Carr's never had a defense, right? So maybe sure. that would help. Here's the thing with Rodgers. I, I can't see Rodgers really going to the AFC. I mean, he sees that that is not an easy road at all to get to the Super Bowl. NFC is the easier path. Okay, You don't have any really that many high-profile quarterbacks in the NFC compared to the AFC. So I just kind of see him as being an NFC guy or, okay, I've had enough. It's time to retire. But then again, let's remember, the Packers hold all the cards. He's still under contract with the Packers, just like last year, at least for one more year. And it's just, it's just weird. I mean, that Mark Murphy is sitting there going like, well, okay, we're going to try to be as patient as we can, see what Aaron wants to do. But, you know, we'd like for him to make a, a decision before free agency starts. So but I'm just like, you it's know, crazy, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I think anybody will go to the AFC who's an NFC player if the money's right. You know, I think that's first and foremost. And then, you know, I, I just look at Green Bay and I look at Jordan Love. You drafted this guy a few years ago. You ticked off your starting quarterback when you did so. And, one thing about that particular draft, Green Bay, and I agree with Rodgers on this, could have used some receivers. Oh, yeah. And instead they draft Jordan Love. 
Well, if he was good enough to be drafted at that point when you needed to, uh, to address other areas of your team, including getting some weapons for your starting quarterback, it's a situation where when are you going to ever play this guy? Just, you know, cut, cut your losses or whatever you want to call it with Aaron Rodgers or move on and let's see what Jordan Love can do. And if he can't do it, bring somebody else in, you know, but it's just weird that in a day and age when we see guys like, you know, Hurts, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes bumping Alex Smith a couple of years ago. You know, when you see guys who are coming up from college and within their, by their second year, they're leading their teams to find records and playoff appearances and hurts in the Super Bowl, that kind of stuff. What are you waiting for? You know, it's like time to make a move, time to say, Aaron, we're going to, you know, have a great one, man. We'll, we'll, we'll retire your jersey one day at halftime, but we're going with Jordan Love and seeing if we got something here. Yeah, I mean, big difference between if you just you know scouting guys from college uh, from their careers from what Jalen Hurts and even Patrick Mahomes did uh, compared to Jordan Love. I mean, we watched this guy at Utah State. I mean, he was a, a marginal quarterback at best, and again, he was it was a reach. There's no question it was a reach, even though we really haven't seen too much of him. But uh, again, it it was a very questionable. Uh, you know, move uh, again, tight end receivers. Heck, Scott, they could have used a, another linebacker in Green Bay at sure. that point in time as well, too. So, uh, again, just, you know, kind of a, a, a typical reach, you know, with that uh, organization at that point in time. I'm curious, you know, if, if you dove in to the XFL at all, because when we were together last Friday, you said, okay, you're going to take a look at some of this stuff and, and, and maybe, you know, jump in where, you know, I was more like, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for me to, to watch any of it. I'm curious now. We all want to know, did Scott Sprites or jump in on any XFL action at the betting window? No, I did not. I did take in a, you know, probably about, uh, one half of maybe three of the four games or whatever. And I, I'm not jumping in tonight, for instance, but I think there are clear-cut advantages. And first of all, so far after one week, it to me is a much better project uh, product than the USFL last year or the previous XFL you know, chance that they had uh, when they were when they were in season, and so I think it it's a better it's watchable. I guess that's the way I'm going to put it. It's watchable, but. Man, is there a difference between some of these head coaches and also quarterbacks? Heinz Ward made some horrible decisions as the head coach of San Antonio as I was watching that. He got totally outclassed. I'm not sure if I trust Ron Woodson here in Vegas as a head coach. And then you've got a, you know, Wade Phillips with Houston. The defense is outstanding. That's what Wade Phillips knows. He knows the right buttons to push and the right calls and adjustments to make throughout the course of the game. Same with Bob Stoops for Arlington. So I didn't jump in tonight. I didn't jump in at all last week, uh, but I have looked a little bit ahead towards this week's action, and I'm kind of thinking I might get involved with the game uh, on Sunday. I might, I might end up going with Orlando and taking the points against a Heinz Ward coached football team <laughs> and maybe even look at a little bit at Houston. And again, I, I might not get involved at all, but those are a couple of the games that I'm looking at. I, I just like the Wade Phillips factor being in this league against mostly new, you know, guys who've never really been a head coach before or have only been assistants for, you know, a couple of years. And although, you know, you've got, again, guys like Bob Stoops who've enjoyed great success, and that's who Wade Phillips will be going against this week, I just look at what he's done defensively throughout his entire career. You know, we're talking about a guy that was in and around the league his entire life, 
And uh, boy, they've got a big advantage there with him as the head coach. I agree with you. That is a great angle to look at uh, is when you're looking at upstart leagues and rosters that are just put together. And, and most people don't know a lot uh, of these guys on this team, especially the quarterbacks. And we went through that on, on Monday, just going through. I mean, AJ McCarron. I mean, that's that's really about it for the most part. You didn't know who a lot of these guys uh, were, but you know the coaches. I'm with you. I, you know, Bob Stoops. Okay, he's he's got a clue. Uh, no question about that. And you know, and Wade Phillips, but other guys like that, Heinz Ward, Rod Woodson. You name two of them that you know you're kind of scratching your heads. At least I was scratching my head going, you know, going back to what six eight months ago when they announced that this uh, these guys were going to be head coaching. Like really? And then now you're seeing yeah. they, they they haven't had a lot of time to put this together. And have never been a head coach before to get thrown into this. I don't care at any level. I mean, it is, it's a chore and you need some experience. So that's a great handicapping tool. I, well, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and like tonight, I was very tempted to back uh, Seattle with Jim Haslett over St. Louis and Anthony Beck. Anthony Beck was a tight end in the NFL, played for the Jets, a few other teams along the way. Uh, his coaching career, tight end coach for the San Diego fleet of the AAF, (laughs) whatever that is, and an offensive coordinator of the Wiregrass Ranch High School in Florida. He's going to be going up against Haslett tonight. The problem is is that Haslett has Danucci as his quarterback. (laughs) So I just had to pass. I would think Seattle, and and look, at St. Louis last week, their play calling it off and stunk. They scored in, what, 58 minutes and like 30 seconds. They scored three points. And then they scored 15 points in the final 90 seconds of the game to get the win. You know, total luck and breaks going their way. So, I mean, if you, if you had to play it tonight, I would, I would play Seattle. But I'm watching Danucci last week. Oh, my gosh. He had a couple of touchdowns, but he also had a couple of picks. I think he had a pick six. And then late in the game when they had a chance to win the game, he, for some reason, keeps the ball on, like, second and goal at the three with plenty of time to go. Gets a little hit, drops the football, another turnover. So it's a quarterback situation that I didn't like tonight, but I think that Haslett uh, over St. Louis's coaching staff is a big advantage for Seattle. I just can't back a team uh, with this guy quarterback right now laying more than a field goal. And, and by the way, all these key numbers, three, six, seven, and all that, forget about it. There's no kicking of extra points. You know, you line up at yeah. whatever it is, the two, it's one point. You line up at the four, it's two points. Line up at the eight, it's three points, and so on. And I'm I'm not sure I got those numbers exactly right, but that's basically what it is. The farther you are away from the end zone, the more points you get on an extra point. I think up until, I don't know, three or four points. But the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, look for coaching advantages big time. Make sure the coaching, the coach with the advantage doesn't have scrubs at quarterback. No doubt Scott Spritzer joins us. DocSports.com. Subscribe to Scott's Plays at DocSports.com. Of course, Scott uh, joins us each and every week. Uh, being a college basketball road favorite is a dangerous thing, isn't it, Scott? When we're looking at this, I mean, look at some of these teams, uh, you know, really not covering uh, numbers on the road, especially, you know, some of these teams with maybe some inflated numbers. And, you know, we we saw it last night with North Carolina. We saw it with Alabama. Uh, Give me some thoughts. How much of that goes into your handicapping where maybe, you know, staying away from, from some of these road favorites? I was very disappointed that I didn't bet Alabama yesterday because about 1 a.m., 
uh, on what would that have been Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. one a.m. Wednesday morning Pacific time. I found the or I saw that article involving uh, Brandon Miller yep. and all the craziness that's going on off the court for Alabama. And I was actually texting back and forth with another handicapper by the name of Al McBorty in Los Angeles. And I'm like, boy, this is a great spot. He goes, I agree. And I, I ended up not pulling the trigger on that game. And you saw Alabama barely escape. But in general, um, yeah, it's like I try to stay away from road favorites for the most part. I will play them at times. Um, you know, again, if I think the value's right, then I play them. But it has been tough on some of these teams to cover on the road. So, you know, and I made another mistake. I've had a really good college basketball season, but I made a mistake on Saturday in that I was trying to decide, and I had two plays, uh, Michigan State, which won a few nights ago, and uh, Baylor, I think that was Tuesday night. And I was trying to decide which team I liked more than the other for my own betting purposes if I wanted to, you know, play one and a half or two units instead of one. And I decided on Baylor, and obviously it's easier to do in hindsight, but I'm thinking, boy, you know, that was a dumb move. You split, but you lost a little bit of money. You should have been on the home team, Michigan State, over Indiana, rather than the road team playing in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you got to be really careful right now. And laying points on the Big 12 road especially, boy, that's a tough thing to do. Scott, you and I did the same thing. I, 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 I was, it was the same thing. And I was kicking myself because I've watched a lot of Baylor and I kind of ignored, you know, what I've been watching, ignored my eyes and my thought process saying, cause they've been looked like a tired team. And you look at the, mm-hmm. the guys, the teams that they've been playing. I think we even talked about that last week. And I thought, Oh, no, they're, they're just better, especially at guard player, whatever. But man, for two games in a row, Baylor just really hasn't had a lot of the energy. And I'm a little concerned with them because I had them as like one of my NCAA tournament favorites, but. Uh, yeah, what I'm seeing the last, you know, week or so scares me a little bit. They, they look like they did a, a week off, don't they? Yes. I mean, it's like yeah. one of those things where they just can't seem to keep the energy going, uh, for an entire 40 minutes. And boy, I'm going to look into this big time for their next game because on Saturday they're hosting Texas yep. and it's a great spot to back the Baylor bears off a couple of shaky performances if they're ready to go. And if the energy level's there, that's what you got to uh, decide when it comes to playing this game. But you know, both teams are Final Four contenders when they're healthy. And Baylor, again, they're in that great spot. But I'm just not sure if I trust them for an entire 40. I could see that team being up at halftime, six, seven points, and losing by six or seven by the time it's said and done. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I'm probably just going to be stubborn and go with them because I'm thinking the same thing that you're thinking. Okay, they're back at home. Okay, maybe a day or two rest will help them. And I, I probably will get on them. Uh, I'll be there. So, yeah. I'll be with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, tonight, uh, Northwestern Illinois, that's a game that I got circled here. I want your take on it because, you know, we talked about before. Northwestern's no joke. They're legit. They've won five in a row. Illinois, very good at home. Um, you know, even though they they got uh, uh, kind of backdoored, uh, so to speak, against Minnesota, they were a big t- double digit favorite uh, the other night. But uh, they have struggled a little bit. And uh, Brad Underwood, he's a guy. I mean, I've sat behind his bench on a couple of occasions. He can really wear on his team. And boy, I saw it again, even against Minnesota the other night, where he's in the face of his players. But this Northwestern team, man, they're playing well. Illinois is a five and a half point favorite. How do you see it? Yeah, it's crazy. Still, with all the, you know, the, the success that Northwestern has been enjoying, they're still outside the top forty. For instance, in uh, Ken Palm's power ratings, mm-hmm. and I trust those more than any other power ratings out there. For myself, I've got Northwestern ranked 34th, so I got them a little bit higher than Ken Palm. But still, both of us have Illinois ranked you know, a decent amount ahead of Northwestern. Illinois is laying seven points in this one. And, 
you know, most projections with power ratings and things like that would have Illinois around five. And it'll be interesting to see. I couldn't get involved. I wanted to play Illinois here. I wanted to lay the points. I think it's a real tough spot for the Wildcats. But Terrence Shannon is uh, questionable with a concussion. You're talking, you know, 17, 18 points, five boards, and three or four assists per game. So I, I couldn't get involved. I still might. I'll be kind of watching right before the game tips off to see if he's going to play. But he has a concussion, so there's a good chance he sits out. TC, I'm just shocked by how well Northwestern keeps playing. I mean, they beat Wisconsin back around the 5th of February, and you're thinking, okay, they're on the road against Ohio State, probably lose that one off the big game. No, they have no problem with the Buckeyes. They come home against Purdue. All right, this is the spot. After two big wins, nope, they beat Purdue by six. (laughs) Just one after another. And then finally... I I didn't play any of those three games that I just mentioned, but I said, all right, they just beat Wisconsin, Ohio State, Purdue, and now they're hosting Indiana. I'm going to take my shot with Indiana here. I got beat. You know, it's as simple as that. (laughs) This team just doesn't have any letdowns. I was texting that with Koken the other night, Dave Koken. I'm like, this team just doesn't have any flat spots. This team has has burned me in every of those games you just mentioned. I I wasn't involved in the Ohio State game, but Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa, and now here I am thinking again tonight, well, yeah, tonight's the flat spot, right? It's Illinois. Tonight's the flat spot. (laughs) Who knows, man? Uh, All right. And look at their shooting. I know. They're terrible. Great guard play. I mean, exactly. Yep. Yep. They force turnovers Mm -hmm. big time. One of the top 20 teams are doing that. And they don't turn the ball over themselves. They can't shoot worth a lick. They're terrible. But yet they keep winning these games. (laughs) They do. Uh, Good penetration with the guards. That's that's really the key for them. All right. uh, Real quick. Help me out, Scott. Give me one tonight. Give us give the listeners one. What do we got? All right, I'm going to go off the beaten path as we did last week when we had North Dakota State. I'm going to go with Western Kentucky, minus the points over La Tech. Game tips off at 6 p.m. here in Vegas time. Uh, They lost to La Tech in overtime on Jan 19th, and it was a night when they led by 12 points in the second half. They blew the lead and got outscored 11-0 in overtime after blowing the lead to go to overtime. Uh, That particular night, La Tech couldn't miss. One huge difference tonight, the Bulldogs' leading scorer, their top assist man, their best player, Kobe Williams, has left the program. We're talking about a guy who makes about 20 points per night. They're 0-2 straight up and against the spread since he left, and he dominated Western Kentucky in that first meeting. I like the Hilltoppers tonight, minus 4.5. Good stuff, man. I like it. I like it. Scott, appreciate you, brother. Have yourself a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care, man. Thanks. You got it. Scott Spritzer, DocSports.com. Go subscribe to his plays, uh, transparent as they get.